Hallelujah. Well, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest feat in the annals of human history. Christianity rises and falls on the resurrection story. If Christ did not rise from the dead, our faith is a colossal hoax. Our songs and our sermons are simply delusional. Our cathedrals of worship are monuments to a corpse. The best news that the world ever heard came out of a cemetery with two words. He lives, he lives, he lives. Looking at the gospel of uh, chapter 24 of Luke, we're going to read this, verses 1 through 12. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were there much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men standing by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek you the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene and Johanna and Mary, the mother of James and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran into the sepulcher and stooped down, for beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was coming to pass. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord today. I ask you, sir, to give me utterance to make known the mystery of the gospel. Lord, may it penetrate deep into the hearts of these men and women here this morning, and we give you praise and honor, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, here is the resurrection story. On Thursday, He's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, just outside of the great city of Jerusalem. While his disciples slept, drops of crimson blood began to drip from his brow. And he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup of sin pass from me. But on bended knee and in total consecration to the Father's will, He said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus' destiny destiny was the cross of Calvary. He was the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. Suddenly, through the olive trees, there are seen the flaming torches of 500 Roman soldiers. They surrounded the Lord of glory. And they said, we seek 
Jesus of Nazareth. And in John 18, verse 5, Jesus said unto them, I am he. And of course, Judas, which betrayed him, was with him also. And verse 6 says, As soon as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward. I mean, they fell out. They fell to the ground. 500 combat soldiers lay on the ground trembling like frightened children. Jesus said at one time, he says, no man can take my life from me. He said, I lay it down and I take it up again. I'm here to tell you that Rome could not convict him. The cross could not conquer him. And thank God the grave could not contain him. Satan could not defeat him. Why do you say? Because he is, he was, and he will ever be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Give him praise in the house of God. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And there is no problem that you may be facing that he cannot reduce it to trembling flesh because he is the mighty conqueror. And so they took him to Pilate. By Roman law, it should have been over because Pilate says, I find no fault in him. But the Pharisees were not out to do justice. They were after his life. And then he was taken to Herod. And his men of war beat him, spit on him, and crowned him with a crown of thorns. They would say, Hail, King of the Jews. Who is it that slapped you? Back to Pilate he went a second time, where he was beaten by a Roman cat of nine tails with 39 stripes. In that cat of nine tails, in that whip, was woven pieces of bone and metal strapped. His flesh was stripped from his body. Now hear the words of the prophet Isaiah. By his stripes we are healed. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord that healeth thee. He's not the Lord that could heal thee. He is the Lord that healeth thee. He's not the Lord that was healing thee. He is the Lord that healeth thee because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Pilate washed his hands, but he sentenced the Son of God to death. And an old rugged cross was placed on his back. And up the bloody slopes he climbed to a place called Calvary, where atheistic hands nailed the precious Son of God to a cross. On Friday afternoon at 3 p.m., Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, bowed his blood-soaked head, adorned with a crown of thorns, And in agony said, it is finished. It is finished. What was he speaking of that was finished? He was saying, death, hell, 
and the grave. For death was defeated. Hell was incarcerated. And the grave was made empty. And now, as a result of his substitutionary sacrifice, there is redemption, there is mercy, and there is forgiveness. Of his own free will, he gave up the ghost. The sun, the Bible says, refused to shine because the light of the world was temporarily put out. They took him off of the cross before sundown on Friday evening. His followers took his blood-soaked body down from the cross, raped in, uh, wrapped in grave clothes with a hundred pounds of spices and laid him in a borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. All night Friday, all day Saturday, all night Saturday night, the giver of life lay dead. Get the picture. Demons are rejoicing. For the one who for three and a half years went about doing good and destroying his works, went about doing good and lifting people and feeding the hungry and raising the dead and healing that were oppressed of the devil, finally they had him down in the grave. Politicians gloated. They strutted around giving themselves proverbial Roman high fives and said things like, we've shut up this troublemaker from Galilee, jabbering about it in a eternal kingdom. King of the Jews! Who does he think he is? The disciples scattered in terror. But it's interesting that the woman stayed by the cross while the men went running for their boats. The Roman soldiers swaggered at the tomb. I'm bad. We're bad. They swaggered at the tomb. By the way, it is reported that Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. He must have been a man of influence. He was a rich man. And Pilate released him. But Pilate said, one thing I want to know, Joseph, why would you want to put him in this glorious tomb? And Joseph says, it's just for the weekend. Just for the weekend. The tomb had a Roman seal on it. He's dead. Rome has won again. But early Sunday morning. <laughs> Just like Jesus said. I can still see Ron Canoli singing that song. But early Sunday morning. Woo, glory to God. Just like Jesus said. Resurrection morning came. On that third day, angels swooned down from the balconies from heaven and rolled back the stone. There is no stone, there is no wall that can hold back the glory of a risen Savior. God is still rolling stones away today. He is still making a way where there seems to be no way. 
that very thing that keeps you from having your breakthrough, God can roll it back and He can remove it. Get the picture on that third day. There was a blinding flash of light. There was an earthquake. The same bunch that fell under the power at the garden fell under the power at the tomb because the glory of God filled that place. And on that third day, out of the dark tomb walked Jesus, the light of the world. On that third day, the Lamb of God, the Lord of glory, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. On that third day, everyone say that third day. The fairest of 10,000, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, rose champion from Calvary. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, your God and my God, your Savior. And my Savior, heaven's hope and hell's dread, he walked out of that tomb. He walked right out of that tomb. So the question for us today is, what does the resurrection mean to you? And what does it mean to me? Amen? First and foremost... The resurrection simply means this, that every claim that he made about himself and his kingdom is absolutely true. From the book of John, chapter 11, and verse 25 and verse 26, Jesus says something that is very significant. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He didn't say, I was, or I will be. He said, I am. And he says this, something very important. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Notice with me in verse 26. Read it with me. Ready, read. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me. That's a very important question. John says, do you believe this? Because it is believing that literally rolls the stone of death out of our lives. The Bible says that this great glorious resurrection power is available to those who believe. How many of you believe today? Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way. He didn't say I am a way. He said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. And I am the life. And no man can come to the Father except they come through Jesus Christ. The religions of this world don't believe that. The religions of this world believe that he is a way, that he was a prophet, that he was a good teacher. But after all, so was Muhammad. After all, so was Buddha. You know, they can take you to the place where Muhammad and Buddha were born, but they never take you to the grave because they're still there. But you can take people to the tomb of Christ, and he is not there. He's alive. You see, the difference is, is our Savior rose from the dead. 
And so the resurrection means this, that he had the power that he claimed to have. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's awesome. In Colossians 2.15, there was a battle that took place in the bowels of the earth. From the book of Colossians in the Amplified Version, it says this, that God disarmed the principalities and the powers that were ranged against us. And he made a bold display and a public example of them, triumphing over them in it and in the cross. He literally destroyed him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. What does the resurrection mean to you? What does the resurrection mean to me? The resurrection means that Satan is a defeated foe. When he disarmed the principalities and the powers, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And once he took those keys and he rose from the dead, he transferred those keys to you. And he transferred those keys to me. You see, keys always and forever will represent authority. Jesus said it very clearly. He said, when you come into my kingdom and you declare that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, I got a set of keys for you. And with these keys, you can take those and whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. In other words, Jesus is saying, when you get born again, I don't leave you helpless. I don't leave you homeless. I don't leave you without power. But I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. The question I have for you this morning is this. Do you have the keys? And the other question I have for you this morning is, What are you doing with them? I mean, if you were given the keys to a Lamborghini today, someone just felt led of the Lord to give you a set of keys to a beautiful Lamborghini or Mercedes-Benz, and you looked at those keys and took them, but if you never put those keys in the ignition and drove off the parking lot, guess what? That Lamborghini, that Mercedes is just going to stay there. And there's a lot of Christians that have been given the keys of the kingdom of heaven, the name above every name, the blood of the Lamb, and the word of the living God, and they're not doing anything with them. I exhort you on this Easter morning to take your keys, church, and forbid things that are coming to pass in your life, and loose the power of God, and let Jesus bring His resurrection power into your situation. Thank you, Lord. We've got authority in His name. That means this. That you and I, we don't have to be tormented by fear anymore. If Satan is defeated, and he is defeated, and the Bible is true, and it is true, and Jesus said, My peace I give to you, it's not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And he did. And he's made his peace available to us. You know what that means? We don't have to yield to fear one more moment in our lives. You know what it also means? 
It means we don't have to be tormented by depression. You know, depression's an awful thing. Depression saps people of their energy. Depression literally causes people to not enjoy the life that Christ gave them. The Bible says that in His presence, there's fullness of joy. Let the presence of a resurrected Savior today rip depression off of your life. What does that mean? Because Satan is defeated, that means we never have to walk alone. Because he said in Psalms, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll not be afraid. Why is that, Master? Because you're with me. He says, don't be afraid, son. Don't be afraid, daughter. I'm with you. Don't be dismayed because I'm your God. I'll comfort you. I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank God we don't have to walk through this life alone because you've got the greater one living on the inside of you. It also means that we don't have to be tormented by sickness and disease. We don't have to be tormented by death because the fact is true. Because He lives, we can live also. Look with me at Luke chapter 24, verses 4 through 8 again. Here's an important point that I want you to, to get today because this is a vital truth. How many of you know that you can be fired up about the Word and let the Word slip sometimes? Is it true? How many of you know that you can receive some glorious truth from the Word of God and then over the process of time not refresh yourself with the truth of God's Word and as a result be robbed and ripped off by the enemy simply because we have not enforced his defeat by taking the written word of God and the sword of the Spirit and putting them on the run. That's why the psalmist said this. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It is the tendency of human flesh to be forgetful. How many of you ever gone to work and forgot something? Forgot your lunch? Had to go in the refrigerator and rip somebody else's off. (laughs) Or how many of you ever gone to the airport and forgot your ticket? I can remember my parents. You know, my dad was um, an awesome salesman. He worked for Park Davis for years and years and years. And he won several trips because he was the top salesman in his fleet. Who knows? Maybe he should have been a preacher. I don't know. But I remember they were heading for Rome. They had won a European contest, and they were heading for Rome, and they were frantic because they either lost or they forgot their tickets. How many of you know that being forgetful can be stressful? (laughs) Have you ever taken a test in class, and you had prepared really, really well for it, and then the question came, and all of a sudden you forgot? You forgot. Well, I want you to see a truth here because the angels asked the troubled followers at the tomb some very important things. They said in verse 5 at the end of it, why are you seeking the living among the dead? He's not here, but he's risen. And then they said, 
Remember, everyone say remember. Remember Remember how he spoke to you. Has God ever spoken anything to you that had paid rich dividends for you to remember? Remember how he spake unto you. When he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Read verse 8 with me. And they remembered his words. The angel said, Do you remember what he said? You know, there's a lot of Christians that would be a lot happier if they would just remember what the Word of God said. For three days... And three nights, they had been weeping. They were feeling defeated. They were feeling disillusioned. Only if they had remembered what he said. I just dropped by to tell you and to exhort you today, don't forget the promises of God. Do you remember what he said? In times of stress, do you remember what he said? Do you remember what he said In times of financial pressure, did he supply all your need? According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you remember what he said when the doctors came back with a bad report? By his stripes, you were healed. Do you remember what he said on that blue Monday, that turquoise Tuesday, and that weary Wednesday? That the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you remember what he said? When Satan comes to tell you, you'll never amount to anything, that you are accepted in him? Do you remember what he said? When Satan tells you, there's no way that you can do it, I can do all things. I can do all things. I can do all things. Come on, somebody. I can do all things through Christ. Come on, help me out today. Which strengthens me. Do you remember what he said? That you're a child of God. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are a child of God. So act like it. Think like it. And talk like it. You're a child of the living king. Resurrection power of God means that we have his strength in a dead situation. The resurrection power of God means... That we have power over death, hell, and the grave. And that fear has no power over our lives. The Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus, through death, destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I hate bondage, don't you? I hate fear. Probably because I was bound by it at one time in my life. I hate the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear paralyzes people from being everything that God's called them to be. The spirit of fear paralyzes people and keeps them from stepping up and standing instead in the background when God says, step up, step in to the things that I have foreordained for you. The spirit of fear makes people feel insecure. But oh, the spirit of faith has been given to you. And the spirit of faith has been given unto me. And I've discovered this, that the spirit of faith is the spirit overcoming. 
The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. It's a choice every day of your life. You can yield to faith or you can yield to fear. But stop and think for a moment what yielding to fear has done for you thus far. It's done nothing. It beats you up and it beats you down. But oh, if you'll open up the promises of God and you'll remember what He said and let the Spirit of God work on the inside and let the faith of God rise up, God will arise in your life and your enemies will be scattered. Amen. Jesus, through His death and His burial and His resurrection, came to rescue you. And He came to rescue me. You know, I looked the word up, rescue, last night. And the word rescue simply means to free. It means to deliver from confinement. Anybody been freed from confinement? Confinement is not a pretty thing. But Jesus came to rescue you. He opened the prison doors. Since the prison doors are open, all you got to do is step out. Come on, somebody. The word rescue means to liberate, to release, to save, to redeem, to extricate, or to recover. Perhaps this Easter morning you would say to me, Pastor, I've lost ground. Well, Jesus is here to recover you. He's here to rescue you. Or you're here today and you say, you know what? My body is racked with pain. I've got good news for you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body. He can rescue out of the pain of sickness and disease. And he can bring the light of his glory. And you can have your body filled with life. Come on. I love what Galatians 1.4 says in the message. You don't need to turn there, but it says this, that Jesus Christ rescues us by offering himself as a sacrifice for our sins. That God's plan is that we all experience that kind of rescue. You heard of the Chilean mining accident where 33 miners were held down in that mine for days and days on end. There was a man down there that was a believer. And he began to talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you know that when you're in the pit, you'll call upon the name of the Lord. And so at noontime, every day, they had a prayer meeting. And they called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said that the presence of God so filled that pit that they began to recognize that there were not 33 miners in there. They began to call the Holy Spirit the 34th miner. For Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, he was the fourth man. For those in that Chilean place, he was the 34th miner. I'm telling you what, whatever your case may be, he is with you. He is for you. He is in you. And he will lift you out of the pit and deliver you. And you know, those guys were set free. And they were delivered. And they came out. And he said, he testified this at Saddleback years ago. 
And the, the miner said, he said, people that were not married, when they got out, they got married. <laughs> he said, people that weren't right, they went down wrong, but they came up right. I don't know what might be going on in your life. I'm not saying you're wrong, but if you are wrong, you can make it right today. Come on, somebody. Woo, glory to God. The reason why he rescues us, because he loves us. He delights in us. Job said it like this. Job said, he rescued my soul down, my soul down from the pit, and I will live now to enjoy the light. You see, if you need rescuing, it's just a matter of you admitting it. I came to a part in my life where I needed to admit that I needed rescuing. The psalmist said it like this, I'm in a mess. <laughs> and I'm nothing and have nothing. Make something out of me, Lord. You can do it because you've got what it takes, God. Psychology may not have what it takes. Psychiatry may not have what it takes. But I'm telling you what, he's got the goods. He's got what it takes. Admit that you need rescuing. Admit that you can't save yourself. Your education can't do it. Your good looks can't do it. You know what? Your money can't do it. Admit it. See, there's no such a thing as self-rescue. Pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. The cost of rescue is way out beyond our means. The cost of rescue is the blood of Jesus. And then what else do I do, Pastor? Ask Jesus to rescue you. Ask Jesus to save you. Perhaps this morning you need to invite him to come into your heart for the first time. Or maybe you're here today and you need to just say, Lord, I'm making room for you in my life. I've made room for too many other things. Lord, those things out, now you in. I'm asking you to save me and to rescue me. And then once you've prayed to him, commit to him. Let it be a day where you're not saying, you know, I'm just going to come to church at Christmas and Easter and every now and then when I feel like it. But make a commitment not only to church, but first and foremost, make a commitment to Him. Make a commitment to read His Word. Make a commitment to pray. Somebody said, well, I, I, I tried all that. The Bible doesn't bless the triers. The Bible blesses the doers. It's not the triers of the Word that are blessed in their doing, but it is the doers of the Word. So say it with me real strong. I'm not a hearer only. I'm not a trier of this word, but I am a doer. See, the Bible says, if you love me and truly knew who I am, I will rescue you and I will keep you safe. Can you trust him this morning? Can you trust him with your life? This is my Easter message for 2014, that Jesus loves you and he's here to rescue you and he's here to lift you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the word of the Lord this morning. Thank you for people from all different walks of life that you love so much. I pray that your hand would come upon each and every one of them this day in a very special way. As we cry out and as we call out upon the name of Jesus this morning, we are believing for rescue through redemption power and through resurrection power. Please keep your heads bowed just for a moment. We'll be out of here in a few moments, but this is 
the most important time of this service because this is a time where you can make a commitment to Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to invite Jesus Christ into my heart. I want to be rescued from spiritual death. I want to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that when I die, that I'll be on my way to heaven. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands and we're going to pray. And secondly today, perhaps you're here this morning and you just, quite frankly, you've had room for too many things in your life and the Lord is saying, call on me, make room for me, make me your Lord, reconnect, recommit to me, and I will show you my grace and show you my power and show you my love. Amen. You're here today and you say, Pastor, you know, I've heard about a special gift in the Word of God. You know, the baptism in the Holy Ghost is one of resurrection's gifts. Did you know that? Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and He'll give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. If you're here today and you would like to receive this precious gift on a personal level, the infilling of the baptism with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray with you in just a moment. And then lastly, you're here this morning... You're just going through something and you just want people just to surround you and pray and believe God with you today so that you can be lifted and that you can be rescued and be set free. On any one of those invitations for salvation, to reconnect with the Lord, to be filled with the Spirit, or just prayer that you're going through a difficult time, for any one of those invitations, I'm going to ask you in just a moment, all of you that want prayer in those areas, to raise your hands. Amen? So right now, every person that wants prayer in those areas, would you raise your hand together right now? All over this auditorium. Yes. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else all over this auditorium? Say, yeah, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I want to connect with Christ. You can put your hands down. In just a moment, we're going to ask you, all of you together, to stand to your feet and to come to a place of prayer at the altar. How many of you know there's glory at the altar, there's presence at the altar, there's lifting at the altar? It's very important. But in my heart today, I just sense in my spirit that there may be one, there may be two, I don't know, there may be even more than that this morning, that just, you know, you're kind of teetering back and forth. You say, oh man, I don't know whether I want to raise my hand or not. How many of you know that that very well could be an influence not from God coming against your soul. So in the name of Jesus, be released from that bondage right now. So if you did raise your hand, you don't need to raise your hand again, but if you did not raise your hand and you would say, Pastor Mark, include me in this prayer. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise it real high and real bold. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now all over this auditorium. Thank you and God bless you. Now, every person that did raise their hand, I'm going to ask you all to stand together right now. Every person that did raise their hand, stand together right now, all over this auditorium. And I'm going to ask you to make your way to the front. Let's give them a big hand as they come. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, saints, let's give them a hand. Amen. Awesome. Amen. God bless you. Jesus is in this place. His presence, His power is here today. You don't have to wait another moment. All of you, please stand to your feet right now. If you brought a friend, if you brought a relative, we're not going to be forceful about this. 
but you can invite them to come to the altar right now. In just about 25 seconds, we're going to pray. Anyone else, come to Jesus this morning. Let God touch your life today. In the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Let's all with uplifted hands declare this together. Lord Jesus, you are the risen Savior. You died for my sins. And you were raised from the dead for me. I acknowledge that. I connect with you with my faith. I believe you are the Son of God. I proclaim that you are my Lord and you are my Savior. I pray that you'd save me, rescue me, fill me, touch my life. May your healing power and your love flow into me now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. Brenda and Nancy, come on up and just put your hands on these folks.